Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcast, and now on iHeartRadio, as well as Block Talk Radio, always on Tuesdays. And we're going to have a great show today, episode 281 in the house. It is our basically finals preview show. A lot of action that happened this weekend in the international scene as well. We'll dive into the uh, Swedish League uh, and the uh, LFP in Mexico two of the events that happened this past weekend as well. We are getting ready for uh, WFA Championship Finals weekend here with a lot of buzz coming up here, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Division One and Division Two championships will be on uh, ESPN3, so you can go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store and get the uh, ESPN app. You'll be able to um, watch those games there. They should be uploaded on YouTube probably within a couple of days after the event, but you want to see it live it will be on the espn app uh espn3 will broadcast that and that's where brian sweeney will be uh also broadcasting so our lineup today in the no joke football huddle it is giant jam-packed lineup today we are going to have women's football league out of mexico all-star maritza harimillo in here to talk about the semifinals in the wfl that is uh her v queens will be taking uh, against the Chihuahua Torianas, as well as the Amazonas Chiapas, taking on the Chitara, Chitaras Texcopo, and that's going to be the playoffs there. Then, uh, in a little bit, about half hour, 40 minutes here, we're going to have WNFC, Atlanta Phoenix, and Team USA uh, outstanding player Tony Fuller in the house as well. And then later in the hour, at the top of the hour, is going to be Minnesota Vixen uh, announcer Brian Sweeney, who's going to kind of dissect Division One and Division Two for the 2019 WFA National Championships. It's going to be in Golden, Colorado. You can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get all the lowdown details of what's coming up this week in the women's game as well. As, so you can go there at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. You're also going to get uh, St. Louis Slam Taylor Hay coming in here in about uh, an hour and a half or so. And she's going to be talking St. Louis Slam, taking on the Detroit Dark Angels. We had Maggie Hutchins last week talking about the hurdle that is the St. Louis Slam to take them down. So uh, here's uh, Taylor is going to give us a little preview of what to expect on during the Division Two Championship. So it's going to be exciting two hours. National Championships in the WFA start on July 12th, and that's going to be the Orlando Anarchy defending their championship against the upstart Nevada Storm. And a great story for Nevada all season. We're going to see how it turns out. And then on the 13th, it is the doubleheader per se. It is the Division I championship. Boston Renegades looking for back-to-back championships against Cali War. And then uh, also a D2, the St. Louis Slam, taking on the Detroit Dark Angels. So it's going to be a great matchups coming up. You have the WFA after-party information. If you go to the uh, Facebook page on the WFA Women's Football Alliance, or you can go to the, directly to their uh, website, WFAProFootball.com. Get details on the after party that's going to happen there, as well as they're uh, going to honor at halftime at the championship 
It will be Katie Sowers and Lori Locus who will be honored uh, at the WFA National Championship. So pretty exciting. And the WFL semifinals uh, will be coming up this weekend as well. We got international action, uh, international friendly, Spain versus Italy as well uh, on July 13th. Just a lot of action happening overseas. We got the uh, Lympha All-Star Game as well on July 13th. And we have the IWFA over in Texas, the playoffs, Harlingen Hive versus the Coastal Bend uh, Legion and the Austin Assassins taking on the Austin Ravens. And then the USWFL Championships, is it's in Bluff City, Tennessee, July 13th. Tri-Cities versus Hampton Roads, Keystone versus Washington Prodigy. So a lot of things happening in the women's game. If you miss anything, don't know what's going on, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties so let's get uh, into the huddle here we i mean i'm uh, let's uh bring our co-hosts in that uh it's going to be Luis bean quarterback of the utah falcons and it's going to be holly custis wnfa wnfc all-star of the seattle majestics in the house here let's just bring them in here so holly louise how's it going good good how's it going guys good, good. um holly louise uh, a lot of stuff happening everywhere, and if you didn't know it, that women play football, this is the weekend to know that women do play football. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Too much football. <laughs> but yeah, it's a been a pretty lot awesome. Yeah, A lot of football. We got football in Mexico. We got football in the USWSFL. We got football in the IWFL in Texas. We got the All-Star Game in Mexico. We got WFA Championship Weekend. Um, I mean, it's just all over the place. And then uh, on top of that, the uh, we got to congratulate the Karlstad Crusaders who defeated the Orville Black Knights 14-8 in Sweden to win the Super Series, female Super Series up in Sweden. So congratulations to them. And get all the lowdown at the hub at facebook.com from everywhere out there. Um, we got everybody, SVT, NWT, everybody from Sweden that gave us uh, information and articles. So go check it out. Uh, so congratulations to the Karlstad Crusaders um, and uh, Lisa Johansson out there as well. Um, so she's done a great job at quarterback there for two years, turned that program around. So they've just been awesome. So, uh, and then the other thing that happened is LFP uh, Rampage, 19 to six winners against the uh, Pretty Monsters, uh, dethroned the Pretty Monsters down there. So July 6th, you can get to see it live. Uh, courtesy of Deportes, TVP Deportes, exclusively through uh, TVP Deportes. So pretty awesome uh, stuff out there at the Hub. Yeah, that's that's some great – I mean, I haven't watched those games. I've just kind of read up on them a little bit, and it just seems like, wow, it's hopping over there in Europe. Yeah, the Swedish uh, series was pretty awesome. The final was pretty awesome, uh, pretty competitive too, 14-8. Um, so it's uh, Min Ming Zhao, our no football athlete out there. Unfortunately, she's on the losing end of things. But uh, um, like I said, Karlstad really uh, kind of looking up and up and really making a, a name for themselves in the Swedish league. Yep. And then you even for, you also forgot to mention that the AFE uh, football game that's going on next week, next weekend as well, that a lot of the girls in the U.S. are playing for. So, holy moly, it's just like way intense. Yeah, that weekend, and then we got more action coming up down the road. We got August 10th, 
uh, FXL and IWFA um, clash. It's going to be on August 10th. And then as we get into August, we got the uh, LFL in Mexico as well. Um, So there's a lot of international events happening. And then today, um, the the Women's Federation of Honduras announced that they're going to have a uh, America's uh, Women's Bowl in Honduras uh, March of 2020. So it's pretty awesome there as well. So Central America and South America will combine uh, one event, and it's going to be a pretty, pretty huge event. Wow. I hadn't heard that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Colombia. There's a squad from Colombia, uh, Brazil from the Sport America uh, League, from the LIFA BFA League. Um, you got say, Costa Rica. Uh, you got Guatemala. Uh, you got the U.S., Mexico. Uh, so it's it just a, that little Central America swing plus Mexico and the United States on top of it. And when is that? It's going to be March 17th through the 22nd, and it's going to be in Honduras in 2020. Okay. okay. I, I saw some post that maybe was lending itself to some big news for next year, so that's probably it. Yeah, and then we can't forget we got Transatlantic next year as well in the fall in New oh, York. Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. Okay. Didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, I don't even know how girl, you keep it all straight. I know it's I gotta, impressive. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta jot it all down, and it's in the brain. It's already in the brain. Yeah. You, you gotta jot it down, but yeah, I don't have spreadsheets. Spreadsheet. No, you, don't you have should get some spreadsheets and some laser yeah. pointers. And <laughs> I do have, I do have what they call an old school calendar. It's an assignment book, so that keeps it yeah. all. Oh, intact. I just. I just got a vision of you, like, with those cork boards that, uh, like, private investigators do with, like, the string, and you're just tying them all together. Yep. I am a big post-it guy, I will admit. He's probably got a Franklin Day planner. Oh, yeah, that too. I, but post-its are my best friend. Color post-its yep. are probably the best. Thing. Yep. Yeah. All right, um... Holly, uh, before we get into uh, Maritza here coming up here in about five minutes, um, what did you guys think of the WNFC weekend? It was pretty awesome. Don't you think? Um, the score in 1914, it's a pretty good battle. I mean, you go? from my vantage point, I mean, I, I, I wasn't there, but from what I saw, it seemed like it was a really great weekend, and the game, the championship game, was really, really exciting. Um, I think it spoke volumes to the progress of our sport, and it was really fun to watch from my vantage point. But, Bean, you might have a lot more to say because you were, you were actually there. <laughs> um, you know what? The weather was great. The the I started off with the weather since we lost. But the weather was great, <laughs> and the field was awesome right nestled up against the mountains in Colorado. So it was very picturesque. I don't know if either one of you are going to the WFA one. Um, You know, I felt like both teams came out and did their thing. Each team had three turnovers. Um, I mean, Dallas is has, if you're going to go 11 against 11 and match up each athlete per athlete, they have some great athletes. The Falcons have some great athletes. Um, we're just generally smaller. Um, but the system, you know, speaks for itself. And there's no way that a team like the Falcons could match up against Dallas or Boston or D.C. by playing the spread. So that's why Navy and Army and Air Force with small 
student body sizes do that do that uh, scheme. So we were prepared. We felt really prepared. Um, I'm sure. I mean, you know, Rashawn was on last week, and she had her point of view. So um, if we hadn't had turnovers, and 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 they still had their turnovers, then you know, might have gone a different direction. But um, such is life. So uh, I know Great. people were happy that it was a close game, things like that. It was better for the sport that way. So we didn't go into to try and have a close game. We went into win. Right. So. No, Luis, but I was no, going to no. mention it was a good battle at the beginning. It was like a, it was like a tale of two quarters. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, your, your team was pretty well. And then as Rashawn said, they kind of were shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. But overall, it was like a tale of two quarters, and at the end, it was just the one team that obviously put up the, the one more score. Basically, that's what it boiled down to. Yeah, I mean they they won, so they did their job. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you, it wasn't like they fumbled and no one was touching them. So you know, right. I mean, you got to give some right. credit to the defense. But we yep. threw an interception and had a couple fumbles, especially uh, some costly penalties at the end. So. Um, but that's why you play the game. And, and, and you know, our, our coaches maybe are different. than I don't know how other coaches would approach a game like that because, obviously, we had gotten beat pretty pretty soundly earlier in the season. So, um, But we were way better prepared just as a team mentally, physically. Um, and also our coaches, you know, our head coach, Rick, will say straight up, hey, they're better than you. So when you have someone that tells you that and you just be like, yeah, they're better than us as far as, like, uh, athlete for athlete. Um, you know, they're basically right. an all-star team. And um, so when you that's, – that's a mental liberation. You're not wondering it. You're not scared of it. So, yeah, we weren't scared. We were – and we did have people scared the first time we played them. So, um, you know, we watched a ton of film, did a lot of study, a lot of prep. We got great coaches that scheme well and stuff like that. So – when you go in thinking, yeah, they are better than you, so let's go, let's go beat Goliath. That's a different mentality than like, oh, are we not, are, are we better than them, or can we beat them? Uh, we know it's stacked against us, so you just go in knowing that you're gonna do, you're gonna play your game, and you're gonna. And, and I gotta say, Holly, when we were watching film early on, and I, I'm saying this straight up, we felt like that you guys on defense had a better um, and 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 they they made some errors at the beginning that led to us to believe this not on on their defense. So you know we've seen it all as far as if someone wants to play defense against the option, we've seen everything that people can do. So you're just a matter of you know how you're going to protect against it and how you're going to scheme against it and how you're going to. And athletes are different. So we felt like and our coaches felt like that you guys were actually better on defense um, than they were. At the at trying to protect against the offense, uh, trying to protect against the, the scheme. So, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. And so, um, <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's how we felt, and and you know we did our best, and such is life. But I'm not into moral victories. I'm not into those words. I'm not into oh man, Utah played a great game. Oh okay, that was awesome. Totally does not do one thing for me. It, to me, I'm just like we still lost. So guess what? You gotta go back and work hard. So, yeah, I'm not into all that kind of like feel good kind of stuff. But, anyways, it was I guess good for the sport, good for the league, I guess. However, it wants to be quoted or spun or whatever. But you know, we still yeah, wanted to win. I mean, so. I think 
I, I really think that this is the marquee matchup that we expected, and I really think that was good. It was ranked one and two. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a close matchup, right? It's uh, yeah. I think it, I, it helps the brand because the yep. matchup was really close. There's two top teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also helps the brand because the middle of the pack really late in the playoffs started to push, you know, and, be, and contest stuff. You know, San Diego, yeah. Rebellion, Majestics, and you had Alabama playing in the playoffs. You had uh, Atlanta as well. So I, I just think, in general, it was pretty successful for the league for the first year. No forfeits. That was a bonus, you know, to have yeah. no forfeits at all. So I, I well, think year I two is oh, very positive. No, go ahead. Yeah, and I attended some of the other things they had going on. So we got all, – all of us got backpacks full of Adidas swag, shoes, shorts, sweatshirts. T-shirts. Um, we, there was like three colors of shoes. Like we would, we went in, we signed in. You put your sizes down, and they hand you a back. And they take that card back, and they hand you a backpack of Adidas, Adidas swag. Like that's pretty cool. And then like everything was pretty organized. Um, the All Star game, you know, ended in zero zero. So that's probably not as as good as maybe you hoped for. I know they kind of had to get get some coaches last minute because they didn't have enough coaches. So you know, it's not like it was perfection. But that's just life. You just do things and you're doing your best and then you're just trying to build upon it. Um, you know, I definitely think that Dallas, they're considered the marquee team. They just, that's what they are considered. They've built their team to be a lot of all-stars. And so, and that's what they've built. So I definitely think that, um, you know, they barely beat us last year. Then they beat us by a lot earlier this year. And then they barely beat us again by almost the same score. Um, this year so I think that's a credit to the coaching staff and the players on the Falcons that everyone figured Dallas was going to win like everyone believed that except McKenzie (laughs) so so but that feeds you you know if that doesn't feed you then you shouldn't be playing the sport so um, and then they had the breakfast that the morning on Saturday morning so they had a lot of people there like Adidas people and you know, and they had the awards and just all that kind of stuff. What I think is interesting is that the WFA seems to always announce very similar things. And I could be wrong. It just seems like this. The WFA announces a lot of cool things right after the WNFC announces things. So I think it's great that they're out. It seems like they're out trying to compete, outdo one each, each other. And so how is that not good? I know people complain about having two leagues, but, you know, I think it's enhanced. Um, the leagues, it's it's made them more accountable. It's made them want to entice the teams to come be with them, and here's why. This is what we offer you. So I don't know how. If you don't have a competitor out there, if Nike's all by itself, then you get lazy and you get and you don't you, you don't try hard. But if you have Adidas and Under Armour and all competing, then you know it's good. So I think overall, I thought it was a nice weekend. Obviously, it tainted a bit because you don't win, but I know a lot of people put in a lot of effort. So, yeah, no, I think it was pretty successful year one. I mean, if you have to account to everything and then, uh, you know, Holly's crew out there, uh, pretty much front and center in terms of competitiveness all year in the Pacific division. So all her squad out there just pretty much killing it and made it interesting and exciting for all of us, uh, on WNFC TV. So, um, so hats off to the Seattle Majestics and the surge and out there, the Bobcats as well, pretty competitive ball all year. So that was pretty yep. interesting as well. Um, let's go into the first huddle. Um, we are, I'm going to go ahead and translate here because uh, Maritza is pretty much Espanol. So I will translate back and forth for you guys. 
uh, WFL, uh, WFL semifinals coming up this weekend. Her team is in the semifinals, and they're going to be taking on the Troyanas of Chihuahua. Uh, last year, her team got beat in the, in the final against the Red Devils. Uh, Red Devils got bounced out of the playoffs last weekend. So it's a four-way uh, event coming up this weekend, July 13th of all days, right? July 13th, the big – this is a circle of July 13th is like huge in women's football pretty much at this point. Um, V-Queens against Troyanas, Amazonas against Chitara. So let's bring in Maritza. Uh, Maritza, estás en la línea. Hola, buenas tardes. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, Hola. Gracias por hacer el tiempo. Muy bien, gracias. ¿Y tú? Muy bien, muy bien. Gracias por hacer el tiempo con nosotros. Uh, estás en la línea con mi, conmigo, Oscar López, y luego está este Holly Costas, uh, una, una All-Star de la, de la Liga de en Estados Unidos, la WNFC, y luego este Luis Bean, la, la mariscal de campo de los Falcones de Utah, también de la WNFC uh, en los Estados Unidos. So, uh, ellos estaban a hacer preguntas, yo voy a traducir tu respuesta y así, así hacemos, vamos a hacer la entrevista. Pero este, uh, mucho orgullo de tener, tener esto en el podcast hoy porque uh, el, el evento grande que va a pasar este sábado, por eso queríamos traerte a entrevistarte porque uh, el encuentro entre V-Queens y Troyanas y luego también tenemos Amazonas contra Chitaras esta, esta semana, uh, los Red Devils se... Eh, se derrotaron de los playoffs y ustedes quedan arriba. So, este, uh, Maritza, ¿cómo, qué, ¿qué esperas este, esta semana contra Troyana? Bueno, esperamos un juego muy intenso, como lo vivimos este, hace 15 días contra Red Devil. Este, Nos estamos preparando toda esta semana en, ajust en hacer ajustes, en ver nuevas este técnicas para para lograr el objetivo y pasar a la final. All right, uh, so guys, um, I'm asking her uh, how's what's her feeling this weekend against the Troyanas. Um, she said that they beat their uh, rivals Red Devils last weekend, which is really happy for her. And now um, they get to face a really tough opponent here, a former co-champion as well um, in the Troyanas. So she's really excited and looking for that win. Uh, Maritza, este. En el programa de V-Queens, ¿han estado ustedes este, cada año mejorando y mejorando y se mejora el programa? Uh, no inicialmente nomás por el, el, este, el, el bikini estilo, pero también en arena y uh, también en, en el juventud. So, uh, uh, ¿Puedes hablar sobre el proyecto completamente? ¿Cómo se está haciendo uh, el sistema para atraer más, más chicas entre los equipos de las V-Queens? Así es, mira, este, actualmente tenemos eh, dos equipos de, de fútbol americano este, juvenil. Este, tenemos uno de, de niñas que es de 8 a 10 años y pues prácticamente las niñas se acercan este, a, a B-Queens como institución este, para lograr estar dentro del equipo eh, estelar que viene siendo el fútbol bikini eh, pues traemos por ahí mucho trabajo por parte de, de los entrenadores sumándose eh, también el fútbol bandera eh, que es parte de, de la institución All right, so I was just asking her that um, the organization has grown a lot in terms of not just the uh, lingerie style play but they have a full kit arena now, 8 on 8 and they also have a uh, flag football in terms of feeder system for girls. 
So she's really excited at the fact that the brand and the organization has grown to a point where now they have a lot of participation where they filter some of the players to play either or on arena or bikini style football, which is lingerie, could you consider lingerie or legend style play. Um, Marisa, ¿cómo es el, uh, esta semana? Esperando uh, victorias, se supone, pero uh, entre Amazonas y Chitarras uh, es buen encuentro también. Este, dos equipos uh, muy buenos esta, esta temporada. Sí, este, Quitara y Amazonas prácticamente son equipos nuevos dentro de la liga. Este, no nos ha tocado enfrentarnos a ella, entonces, este, pues estamos preparándonos. No sabemos muy bien, este, pues qué, qué táctica jugar, como lo es con Troyanas, que ya en temporadas pasadas hemos estado jugando contra ellas. Esta temporada nos tocó jugar, este, también dos veces. Entonces ya somos equipos que nos conocemos, eh, a diferencia de Amazonas y Chitaras, pues sí sería este algo nuevo. Entonces, eh, uh, Marisa, la doble FL, tú has estado desde que empezó, ¿no? Así es, este tiene cinco años ya eh, la liga y prácticamente he estado este, las, las cinco temporadas un, la 2017 estuve fuera por lesión, pero eh, pues me reincorporé ahora en el 2018 y el 2019 que hemos estado este pues en semifinales y finales. So, este, Marisa, ¿qué nos puedes decir de, de la evaluación de la, de la liga, del el marco de la liga? Porque han, han, han venido muchas ligas en el, en el, en el pasado y ahora ya están más estabilizadas. Están la WFL, está la, F, la FXL. Uh, estamos en el, en, en el estilo de como de lingerie o de bikini. So, este, la competencia, y luego también hay linfa, en México también. Uh, so, el programa de la, de la promoción de la WFL, es más, ¿tú, ¿tú piensas que es más mejor promoción o más, más estable, or, estable organización? Sí, mira, este, actualmente ha crecido mucho el fútbol americano en bikini en México. Eh, se han hecho muchas ligas este, y anteriormente ha habido equipos que entraron en la WFL, pero este, pues realmente eh, el nivel de competencia en la WFL es mucho más este, exigente. Eh, uh -huh. Pues tenemos... Eh, hay que viajar, entonces se eh, tiene que cumplir con ciertas reglas el, el equipo para, para poder estar dentro. Maritza, ¿cuántos, ¿cuántos años has jugado tú este, en tu posición? que Eres mariscal de campo, ¿no? Así es. Este, he jugado tres años como mariscal y, y pues los otros... Eh, eh, he estado apoyando en, en algunas otras posiciones como es en linebacker ahorita estoy en en, en, defensi en, en defensivo este coreback uh -huh. receptora este pues en lo que lo que necesita el equipo para poder este ser más competitivo All right. so Maritza voy a, a hacer este uh, entrevista de traducción uh, por Hali y por Luis So, ellos te van a hacer unas preguntas, yo lo traduzco y luego traduzco tu respuesta también, ¿ok? Ok. 
Okay, so uh, Holly, um, she's saying that she's played uh, quarterback. Uh, uh, now she's playing more defensively, but she basically plays anywhere she's needed in terms of what her team needs. For the mo- most part, she was playing there. And then she really likes the league because it's somewhat structured. I was explaining to her that there's various leagues. There's a lot of leagues in Mexico and what makes what makes the WFL different than the other leagues. And she said it's obviously it's been around for five years. It's stable. It's, it's done its job. And it's a, and it actually only incorporates teams that that is financially viable for travel and to get to places and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, uh, go ahead and um, ask uh, what her strategy is for the game this upcoming weekend, or uh, what they're looking forward to in that game. Maritza, dice Holly, que qué es la estadística para el para ganar este sábado contra las troyanas, ¿qué, qué es algo ya, de llaves del campo que vas que van a administrar ustedes? Este, pues obviamente esperamos un equipo, eh, un partido muy muy intenso. Eh, troyanas es un equipo muy fuerte, muy preparado físicamente, su su físico son altas, entonces este ese es su su fuerte. Nosotros tenemos eh, jugadoras muy rápidas entonces eh, eh, pues aquí nuestra táctica es este lo fuerte de nuestro equipo es la defensiva tenemos este también una ofensiva eh, con corredoras este, de poder eh, fuertes agresivas y con muchas ganas de, de hacer las cosas con mucha pasión las jugadoras son muy entregadas entonces este so, Ali, uh, she's saying the key to the game is going to be, obviously, uh, the Toyanas are a way uh, bigger uh, capacity in terms of a, of a team in terms of stature. Um, her keys mm-hmm. to the game is, obviously, their speed. Uh, they got a good run game. They've been using it all year. And uh, she feels that their speed and tenacity on, on with their finesse will be able to overcome and get that win. Very cool. Um, it's important to use your strengths. Um, so that sounds like it's going to be a, a great game. Uh, what got her into playing football? Marisa dice Holly que este importante hacer agresivo contra otro equipo, pero dice que qué es lo que te trajo al fútbol americano. A mí yo jugué equipo. Después de ahí, este, pues eh, hubo el, el boom en, en Estados Unidos de esta nueva modalidad. Entonces, este, en México empezó a, a, a tener mucha, mucho realce en esto y, y fue probar algo diferente. Entonces, la, la adrenalina que te provoca jugar el fútbol americano es muy diferente a jugar poquito y eso fue lo que me apasionó. So Holly, she's uh, she was a passionate uh, flag football player uh, in Mexico, and then she watched a couple uh, legend style uh, games on on video, and then then things started to come up in Mexico where the league started to spring up, and then she just decided that you know she needed to take another aggressive approach besides flag, and that's how she got drawn into playing in the WFL. 
does she like the, the style of play uh, better than flag, or what are the differences for her? Dice uh, Marisa dice Jale que 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 la diferencia es, uh, entre Tochito y, y lo jugando ahorita el, el bikini que qué es lo que te ha uh, atraído más. Um, pues el contacto, el, el tacleo, eh, es mucho más apasionante eh, jugar fútbol americano con, con un equipo más comprometido, este, con jugadoras más este, más preparadas. Eh, yo creo que eso es lo que lo que me enganchó más de este deporte. All right, so Holly, she's a, she got drawn into more of the tackling and just the physicality of it, and she was able to hit people. So that's the reason she got drawn to the sport, uh, and that's why she's been going on for five years and doing it and loving it. Um, hitting, so hitting is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marisa dice, Holly, que este, haciendo romper a, a, a otra persona es, es, es bien. A esa le gusta. Ella es de, de la defensa también. Sí, el tacleo, yo creo que eso es lo más este, emocionante, ¿no? El, el llegar a, a, a romper jugadas, eh, a correr, a, a, hacer, a dar su máximo esfuerzo por cada yarda, eh, eso es lo, lo, lo divertido de este, de este juego. Yeah. Um, te voy a hacer, Holly, I'm going to go ahead and go to Luis now. Um, te voy a hacer a Luis que haga preguntas ocultas. Are you there? Yep. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah, so I was wondering two things. First off, if she's ever seen um, an American game, like with American teams, and if she has, what does she think? And then also, has she ever considered, what's her feelings about lingerie versus full kit? Samarita so, dice, este, Luis, que si has, has este, mirado... Uh, eh, fútbol americano como la estilo NFL y qué son tus uh, ¿Sí? tus este, opiniones bueno pues este el fútbol americano en, en Estados Unidos pues es, es, es la capital del fútbol americano y pues aquí en México todo el mundo este admiramos este los jugadores tanto talento este tanto um, apoyo aporte que, que se dan los equipos este, de fútbol americano en la NFL este, pues es impresionante me encanta ver la NFL me encanta este, eh, ver jugadores de, de Estados Unidos de, de la Lingerie este, y aprender de eso Maritza el estilo, de los dos estilos hay la equipada y lo hay el estilo tuyo que viene en el bikini o, o leyenda estilo y le, leyenda Luis quiere saber que es la preferencia tuya, si has jugado equipado también o no. Sí, también he jugado equipado. Y es, Entre los eh, dos, ¿qué prefieres? Eh, prefiero el bikini. El, el ¿Y, la, ¿Y la razón por eso? Eh, porque en el fútbol este, americano equipado este pues ya juegas con, con jugadoras de, de más eh, peso este mucho más pesadas que tú entonces este en el en el fútbol linger es más rápido es más ligero eh, 
el, el, el juego. So, Luisa, uh, she really loves the NFL. That's the birth of American football, so she really likes that. And she prefers legend style over full kit because it's the full kit game, she, to her, it seems like it's a slower game. And uh, on the uh, legend style play, it's a faster game, more athletic, and that's, that's what she caters to. Uh, okay. So has she played full kit? Do you know? Uh, yeah, she plays full kit for the uh, V-Queens that also plays arena style 8 on 8. Okay. And so has she ever seen an, um, an American game with women? Yes. Okay, she had. Well, so what's her future? What does she plan? What's her long-term goals and what's her long-term plan? Uh, Marisa dice, Luis, ¿qué, ¿qué es este en el futuro para ti? Este, los planes, uh, ¿vas a jugar más, más temporadas o vas a hacer coaching? Or, ¿Qué es algo que vas a hacer el, o tus goals en el futuro? Este, pues, uh, yo creo que, que pretendo jugar un par de temporadas más, este, me gusta, y, y pues, también enfocarme un poquito más en, en mi trabajo, eh, profesionalmente, eh, pues terminar por lo pronto esta temporada, y, y ojalá y el resultado se nos dé siendo campeona, y este, y ver, all right. So I say, uh, Luis, she says uh, her, she thinks about one more season and then she's going to try to devote herself to her profession outside of football. But uh, she would really like to get the championship uh, this year. That way it kind of sends her off in a good note. Well, okay. But she's got more years left in her. I, she won't retire yet. That's what they all say. Dice Luis que tienes más años que probablemente no vas a retirarte muy pronto. Ojalá que no. Sí, sí me encanta este, me apasiona, me encanta este deporte, entonces este, pretendemos durar un poquito más de un par de temporadas aquí en este deporte. So, yeah, she took your advice. She said more likely she probably won't. Okay. Well, I wish her good luck. That's exciting. All right, dice Luis que mucho éxito para ti. Uh, Marisa, antes que te deje ir, este, ¿has pensado hacer la, el viaje a, a Estados Unidos uh, con competencia como uh, Ana Garza y diferentes jugadoras que han, han hecho el, el rumbo a los Estados Unidos en la, en la LPL? Este, sí, estuve eh, por ahí pensándolo en la temporada 2016, este, pero fue cuando tuve mi lesión, eh, que me dejó fuera sí. una temporada. Después de ahí, este, pues el año pasado empecé a prepararme un poquito más. Eh, siento que, que en Estados Unidos eh, las chicas son muy fuertes y muy competitivas, entonces se requiere... Eh, mayor preparación, llegar más fuerte uh -huh. para poder este, ser seleccionada en un tryout de, en algún equipo que me encantaría. Es, es un sueño para mí este, estar dentro de un equipo en Estados Unidos. Marisa, ¿te consideras un, un pionera de, de este estilo de, de, de fútbol en México? ¿Tú, ¿Tú piensas que eres una de las leyendas que la gente va a hablar? después que te retires? 
Eh, sí, sí me considero una de las, de las principales, este, bueno, de las primeras jugadoras de esta modalidad aquí en México, eh, en, en mi estado, en mi ciudad, en Partido Covila, este, porque de aquí nació eh, el equipo de Queen, entonces sí, sí, me, sí me considero una pionera en el, en el fútbol americano en bikini. Marisa, gracias por hacer el tiempo. Uh, mucho éxito esta semana, el sábado, contra Troyanas de Chihuahua uh, y el campeonato. Se supone que después de, si ganan esta, esta semana, va a ser el campeonato y se supone que van a ser otros. ¿Cuántos campeonatos ya tiene el B-Queen? Apenas llevamos uno. Eh, y, y dos veces hemos quedado este, en la semifinal. So de tres, tres veces, un, un, una, una vez ganada, ¿verdad? Así es. Esta sería nuestra eh, cuarta. Cuarto, ok. Marisa, sí. gracias por hacer el tiempo y, uh, y venir al, al podcast. Esperamos este éxito este sábado contra Troyanas y esperamos este que eh, después de esta semana se, ven, se van al final, que ese es el caso, y el gol se supone de ganar el trofeo de la WSL. Muchísimas gracias y este es un es un orgullo para mí este, esta invitación y saludos a todos. Gracias Marisa, mucho mucho éxito este sábado vamos a estar mirando y todo el cubrimiento de la de los deportes allá y vamos a estar este atento el sábado a contra los Troyanas y Big Queen. Muchas gracias a ti. Adiós, tengan buenas noches. Hasta luego. Igualmente. All right, guys, there you go. The uh, talented uh, pioneer of the WFL in Mexico, Maritza Aramillo. Uh, and she is uh, kind of a legend in Saltillo, uh, in, in her hometown. Uh, she's the one that uh, basically started the club with a bunch of 12 other girls. And then the organization grew from there. And now they have uh, a lot of programs. They have an arena-style uh, team that plays also full kit. They got the uh, Legends uh, League or team that obviously started it all. Then they have obviously flag football for youth, um, and that's a feeder system for them. So it's a pretty pretty awesome story, and that's why I wanted to bring her on here and kind of give her her due. And uh, she's a an excellent uh, player on both sides of the ball, a four-time All-Star since the league started five years, but every almost every year except for one year when she was injured. Uh, but she's been an All-Star. No, it's awesome. Um, I think it's it's great to to hear stories like that um, as a, the sport has developed um, in so many different countries and so many different areas that it, it's uh, definitely relatable to. I'm sure um, uh, being as as well as as me is, is being part of that uh, movement from the ground up is is pretty exciting. So she has a lot to be proud of. The only heartbreak for her was in 2016, she would have been the first Mexican to play in the LFL. And unfortunately, oh, wow. that goes now goes to Ana Garza. Ana Garza is considered the first now, besides uh, Valeria Quintero and, uh, and the Argentinian. But uh, otherwise, uh, she got injured in there, and she went to the tryouts. I think it was Los Angeles and Tapeship tryouts, and, and unfortunately, she got injured. And um, so she would have been the first 
to set foot in there, and uh, it didn't happen. But uh, she's made great strides. She's, uh, you know, contributed a lot to that team in Mexico and put it up on, on – she's one of the favorites, basically, fan favorites. Um, she's very highly regarded out there, and a lot of a lot of uh, fans really can relate to her. So, um, so the championships going to – I mean, championship, the semifinals are going to happen this weekend. B-Queens against Troyana, and then Amazonas – the Chiapas versus Chitaras Texcopo. As she mentioned, Amazonas and Chitaras are brand-new teams this year. Pretty, uh, pretty awesome. They're, they're in, the fi- in the semifinals. And then uh, V-Queens and Troyanas are pretty standard teams. They've been in the league for over five, or for five years. So there's a clash of old-school um, matchups, and then there's a clash of the up-and-coming teams. So it's a pretty interesting uh, weekend for them. Um, so we're going to go into the second huddle. And everybody knows what the next uh, no-joke football athletes, uh, I mean, uh, guest that's going to be, and that's going to be the uh, talented Tony Fuller of Team USA and the Atlanta Phoenix of the WNFC. Tony, are you on? I'm on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Tony, how's it going? Uh, Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I'm glad to actually um, finally uh, air meet you is what I'll call it, meet you over the air. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, what a journey for you, Uh, IWFL and Austin, and then you got Vancouver, Team USA. And then all of a sudden, your girl here, O.J. Jenkins, just all of a sudden, fingers click and WNFC, right? Yes, yes. It's been great. It's been a great journey. Uh, I think O.J. has been a great topper. I'm, I am so excited about what's ahead of us and where this football journey is about to go. Uh, this first year was just inaugural in so many ways. We have things we want to improve and build on, obviously. But, yeah, I'm excited. Tony, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the the season that it was for, let's say, uh, Atlanta for you guys? Uh, very highly regarded, right? You guys come off the WFA, always a successful franchise in terms of that. And then you go to Atlanta um, from Austin. Somehow the IWFL collapses, for example, and all of a sudden you end up, you know, with the Phoenix. Um, you got your girl Liz out there from Mexico who just hooks up to you there. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are, you know, WNFC is going to kick off. we got Adidas, Riddell, uh, just a lot of bombshell news. Everybody's going, hey, I don't, what is this, right? Everybody's all naysayers, as, as Jenkins would say. And then you guys stay competitive all season uh, against the elite in the Atlantic as well, Alabama. Tell us a little bit about, the, you know, the season, how it kicked off for you guys. Um, so the season, I, actually I have a different perspective, and Liz is sitting here with me just so you know. She can chime Perfect. in. Uh, I think her, her her journey on this will be a little different than mine as well. Coming from Texas, obviously with the league and my team folding, it was just a down moment, and I was ready to kind of get back in the game. So we began practicing. One thing I love about Atlanta is their off season. I think they start practicing like if we finished, what, a couple weeks ago? We're already almost getting in the groove already. So there was really no break. I jumped right in with the ladies. And it was instant family, you know. Um, a lot of a few of the ladies I played with when I played with Atlanta Explosion from like 2004 to 2010. So it was a big reunion for me at heart. It was a great way to kind of close off things for a 15th year. Um, and the hunt, I think the thick of just you know playing a regular season game. Uh, it was exciting. Texas is always you know the big beast. Uh, but I love playing those ladies, and I love all of them because it, it reminds you of just, you know, the heart of Texas and what, what we do out there is 
we grind on Saturday and Sunday nights in the name of football. So I love playing against them. It's it's a great uh, premier football, and that's what we want to establish in the WNFC. Uh, Tony, I was kind of, you know, at the beginning, everybody's like, this can't happen, right? It's like, this is crazy. Right. You can't get Riddell and Adidas to get hooked up with you, right? But crazy happened. Yeah. So you have to understand the power team that is combined to make these efforts possible. I'll probably sound like a computer, but again, the power <laughs> team that is combined to make these, these efforts possible, how couldn't you doubt it? And I, and again, it, it almost makes me like so happy inside after 15 years of being in women's football to see a moment like this, to see the naysayers say, well, damn, you know, to see, to, to change naysayers into, to believers, you know. Um, I think that's what it's about. I think that's what growth, growing the game is truly going to do. It's going to change the no's and the yeses. So I appreciate that part of the journey the most, I think, is uh, where women's football is going to go. It's going to be the unfathomable, an unfathomable place. You know, it's going to be where, where we thought we couldn't be. And it's going to be some adventure, risk-taking group of people who, who get it done. Tony, the reality of a business model to a recreational model you know, I got backlash. Everybody got backlash when you started saying, okay, this recreational was a business model. Uh, I've been talking to OJ for a long, long time, and her thing was, if this is not going to be pro, then why waste your time, right? So this is pro. This is what we're driving for, right? Real sustainability, Absolutely. real business plan, real goals, right? Right. I, I think I think that's why I joined in the partnership with the ladies. Is uh, I was sold from, from the first moment that it was presented my way that if it's premier football um i've played the game i've I've been where you know you've had to use your car lights to to light the fields i've I've been in the fight of of just trying to make the debut on saturday night happen so any help you know obviously a player wants that so as director of player engagement for this league it's almost a given for me to partner with you know a league that is going to make it possible with big brands so I love that, and a, I look forward to, to, to even bigger brands. Tony, that role, when it was given to you, uh, I don't think any of us, when they announced that, was kind of shocking or surprised, you know what I mean? Because you've always been that high-level player, and you've stood out on almost every team. So it's it's kind of, like, nice that you are the voice for the, uh, you know, the player itself, because you obviously, like you said, you you understand some of the struggles and intricacies that, go through on a player mentality so is that is that I mean a, a right a right assessment am I making that right assessment I, I think it is and I think the most uh honest assessment of it all is I almost with this position can't be the player anymore because I'm not fully available to the league as the player director of player engagement so good timing is I got the years of experience under my belt so now I can actually you know, work with 16 teams or more to actually jail players so that we can have, like, a union that is awesomeness happening. You know, that that is the aim, is that players have a platform uh, to really just voice concern and how to better the game amongst themselves. That's what we want. We want players, uh, you know, to be able to talk to each other and, and to voice concern without fear of, like, retaliation from ownership or leaders. So I got to get in that position where I can coordinate those efforts where players have a platform truly to just be heard. Because play, the player side is tough, and sometimes your voice is silent just to play at times. 
I want to fix that part. That might be the counselor in me. But if we can merge, you know, a platform for players to feel safe and us fix the game from, like, that side of things, I think we, we often fix the game from the leadership top-down perspective. But there's some work that can be done on the back end that, that starts with the player, and I would love to be the glue with that. So I'm kind of glad that, that I've been offered that spot. All right, let's bring in Holly and Luis here to kind of pick your brain as well. So, Holly, jump in. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Hey, Holly, how are you? Good, good. Congrats on an awesome first season. I think that you guys. What did you say? I said I have a smile so big on my face right now. Good, because, like, I don't know um, if you listened to the podcast, like, about a year ago when you guys were putting everything together. But one of the things I kept saying to everybody is if you look at the people that they have in place to run this, it can't. Like I, I had all the faith in the world that it would get off the ground because I was like, you know what? If I sat back and I put down like a list of names of people that I thought could do these individual positions, these are the people I would pick. And so I was really excited to see what you guys would do. And I think it was very successful, uh, you know, from a player standpoint. I had a lot of fun. It was nice to feel like you were taken care of as a player. Um, and I know that uh, you guys will work on adding things that go and, and refining everything. So you guys should be really proud of this first year because, you know, uh, like Oscar said, you, you turn the the, the nays in, into into yeses, and it's really important. Okay. And it's also good for the sport, uh, considering the fact that you're making the other leagues out there have to step their game up too. To, to try to compete. So it's good for everybody. And so I just want to give you a little pat on the back for that. Um, but I also uh, know that you've been playing for a long time, I think a couple years longer than me. Um, so we've been around the block a little bit. But considering <laughs> that, do you have like a, a favorite memory of your career or a couple of favorite moments that you, that you want to uh, uh, stress upon? Um. So I could always go to winning moments, right? I think they right. always stick out. But those championship ring moments, I think I got two of those. Uh, I think Team USA was, like, obviously pivotal in, like, all of your dreams coming true moments. But I think, honestly, without all the wins, the most important moments is when, like, and this happens over years with teams, is, like, when the team jails. When, when the team actually is working on, like, all cylinders, you know, that uh, I I sound very counselor at times, forgive me, but there's this thing that happens in groups, you know, the forming, storming, norming thing. And when you get beyond the forming of the group, the arguing and the bickering and the storming, and then you norm into a solid model of something and shock people who didn't think you could do this together, I think that is, like, my aha moment. And it happens over and over again. And my little old self just sits back, and I'm like, yeah, we're storming. Oh, yeah, we're, we're finally norming. And now we are performing. Like, I love the, to watch the steps, you know. I think those are, like, the best moments. I've been on teams who we sit in storming forever. You know, we're not productive. I've been on teams where you actually jump to performing and you don't ever storm. Like, I love to see the process of women working together. I think that is what 
probably the most important part of sport is is that most of the time women don't work together. So you you, you have in football women who work together to, to to put together like what we call premier football. That is the WNFC right now. It's like a group of women who are getting beyond the forming stage pretty quickly. Who have even like you know we stormed, but we're like hey, we stormed to make it better, and we keep that big vision, the big vision, and then we always are trying to get to that place of, you know, norming and performing. That that is it. That's off the gridiron. That's the big picture. I think that we'd all take it in our own little way. Yeah, you know. Do you you feel like because, you know, one of the things I was excited about with the league and the people that we had in certain positions is because everybody, for the most part, has played and understands what it's like to be a player. Do you think that really – uh, help the vision of, of this league? Absolutely. I think player insight is what drives the uh, expertise in this league. Um, I think everyone who is wearing a hat has played played it, played women's football, like in terms of being a leader in this. We know what it is to actually be out there, blood, sweat, and tears, and fight the good fight. And most of us have over decades of experience doing it. You know, I, that's a, that's a solid core. We have a league of women who are playing who have tons of experience. Let's be honest. Premier football can't just happen with leadership. Like we right. have a squad of women who are, are like pretty dedicated to building the craft. I watch it on social media all the time. Like no one's taking a break. Everyone is full throttle, including you, Holly. Like I love it. <laughs> you know, like we are all in love with advancing the game. You know, stepping our game up, literally, like, and it's it's a it's a movement. Very cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I did notice uh, that you had mentioned something about a coaching opportunity you have coming up. <laughs> yes. So listen, I think I'm still adjusting to, girl, you're a coach. Like, you're a coach. You actually have an interview. You earned the spot. Swallow it. Start <laughs> saying it. Speak it. Like that's now like the new verbiage. And I'm still getting used to it. So, yeah, I didn't offer it up in today's discussion. But, yes, Tony Fuller is Pebble Brook's newest running back coach. And I am having the time of my life uh, adjusting player hat to coaching hat, to say the least. It's it's quite an experience to talk football versus play football. Guys, it's fun. It's almost like you thought you knew football. Well, you better be able to speak it so that others can know football. And I love that challenge almost, you know, of, of really being a student again. It's being a student in a different way of the game. Yeah, I think, I think that's really cool that you're doing that. Um, and so I look forward to see uh, what else, uh, you know, comes of your coaching career because I think you'd be really good at it. Uh, I wanted to give you congratulations. I'll pass the mic over to Dean. Thank you. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Hey, you, how are you? Good. I haven't seen you for a couple of years, <laughs> but I see what you've been doing. Congratulations. Um, I know it's a lot of work, and, and uh, you know, I can identify with that feeling of when you think people don't believe in you, and you just have to think to yourself, yeah, well, just watch. So, mm-hmm. way to go. I'm sure, I know that that's probably been a motto most of your life anyway, so that's nothing new. Um, yeah. So my question is, is, you were in Texas, you know, Austin folded, 
So I know you said you lived in um, Georgia before, but considering there's so many teams in Texas and the league's there, and, you know, I can't imagine OJ didn't want to have you come play for her. So how did you end up back in Atlanta when you're still, when you're part of the league, uh, you know, the organizational part of the league? Um, There were talks of things and other teams. Um, Yes, that, that was a thing. But I think life at that very moment, you know, timing is everything. So everything began to change. And I don't know if I – I don't know. I just began to look for options to come back home in, in my career. And when that door opened, that, that was pretty pivotal in what decision I'd make with my football. And since the team had folded, I really didn't press trying to find a new football team. I just really came home. And since I made that gutsy decision to just kind of ride with what life was kind of doing, football was going to open itself uh, uh, up one way or the other, the way that it has to with Tony Fuller, it did. And I knew that Atlanta would always be home. Like Atlanta, um, I didn't, when I left Atlanta, Atlanta Phoenix um, was not even around yet. So coming back and still seeing some of the same sisters that I, I played with, with the Atlanta Explosion now in Atlanta Phoenix, it was just, you know, almost like right to join them again and finish off. So, so you just yeah, felt like the initial thing was going home. It, the, the thing was going home. Yes, I knew. I knew there would be a break. I knew that getting home, I needed the break though. So. Yeah. I, I so joined, and it you, took a year to do that. Okay. Yeah, because did you play last year? No, I not did this. not. I literally okay. um, spent that year relocating. Okay. Um, and and I, I finished off my foot. I, I you know so I had this like shadow coaching experience in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of worked for free. Randy stats on the sideline on game um, nights, and I went to every practice just to see it, not sure. knowing sure. what the universe had next for Tony Fuller. And so uh, when I finally actually moved to Georgia, it kind of was a gutsy move, but I, I knew there was an opening and I wanted it, and I asked the principal for an interview, and he introduced me to the head coach, and it was kind of off and running from there. And by then I was already planning an active, you know, regular season with Atlanta Phoenix. Yeah, this has been the, the the move back has been moving really fast. A lot of things. Um, okay, so you were a player, but you were also a coach for Atlanta yes, Phoenix. I was like, look, I was literally going to work as school counselor, uh, okay. leaving uh, leaving that practice like the spring, going to spring football practice, going to um, tackle with Atlanta Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It was like a layered day at some point with three different responsibilities, and then going home and going to sleep. So yeah, it was pretty. It was a lot. And then at some oh, point, okay. I, I was trying to also play spring league flag football. Okay. Liz and I were, like, on a flag football team that we love and adore, but I barely fit it, fit that in. So I just, yeah. yeah, we were doing a lot this spring. Okay, <laughs> so you weren't coaching on the, on the Phoenix. You were coaching somewhere else. No, I was coaching yeah, at the high school that I work at. We just Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was doing the spring ball. I got hired this spring, and they let me go ahead and start coaching for spring ball. So oh, okay, good. Okay. While in season with Phoenix, yeah, as a player, yeah. I've been wearing the high school coaching hat. And we're about okay, to yeah. All season. It's just, yeah, it's been pretty loaded. It's happened so fast, guys. I think I probably need that year off just to get ready for what's, what's, what's falling in my lap lately. Oh, serious, yeah. Well, that's really, yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. 
So what's your plan next year? Like, are you going to stay in Atlanta? Are you going to stay? Cause, I mean, are you still going to be a part of the league? Admin, admin um, and absolutely. I am going to. So I have this WNSC pass to go to any game I want, and I didn't get to use that as the player with the Atlantic Phoenix. I'm going to literally be able to to really be the director of player engagement for the WNSC and get out here and, and find my sisters and learn them and shake hands. And you know, and actually wear that hat the best way that I can this season, without being distracted with having to practice and be at games every Saturday. So I okay. So you're not gonna play. I am not. I am done. Tony Puller. You are so done, done, huh? Football. <laughs> Quote me on is it, is that, this, guys. Is this a, Tony Puller. Is this breaking Tony news? Has never said this. I have never said it. And I know you this is breaking never news. say never. But. Um, I am done, guys. After 15 years, Tony Fuller is done, and I think Coach is telling him I'm at the right timing. Dang it. And oh, man. Oscar. I with watching you guys have some fun. Oh, man. Wow. This was this was her coming out party. Bombshell, yeah. Bombshell here. <laughs> that, 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 wow. That is full closure. Yeah, this has been an awesome experience, man. So you love the league that much that you would do that over playing. Yeah, so here's the other thing. And OJ may tell me to shut up, too. But you know, I'm a junior, right? Yeah. OJ, OJ, ain't, told, OJ, OJ, OJ ain't, ain't on. OJ in like three seconds. And say, shut he up he ain't up. on. All right. So <laughs> listen, this is how big my dream is for the WNSC. I have a dream that we will have some type of International Player Exchange or Host Program. I've already kind of started it with Liz. I kind of know the ins and outs at this point. I want us to be the model to show how women in tackle football should be played in America and across the country of this world. So, yes. Wow. Hearing me say that, I am going to now coordinate efforts to get international players in American football experience. OJ, you can take was, me. I love you, big sis. That is crazy, <laughs> but I think it's more than possible for all of the teams to host the international player one day. That's the next and level. And it'd be great for that player. Like that's, that would that's, be next I level. I gotta not be a player to do that, though. I gotta not be a player to do that. Okay. No, right, right. So you you're know? talking about a specific program. It doesn't count if international players have already played on American teams. So this is like oh, a no, specialized a- program. I, I don't know details. I'm just telling you what I dream of. I have okay, okay. that all of our teams will have a, have an international player on it. That's only like right. And you know what? Right. The ultimate goal is for that, like Liz will do, and maybe Liz can chime in. Um, she's now my sister at heart, but the original goal for her coming here was to learn the game so that she can go back to Mexico and better it there. Bottom line. Okay. Those are facts. And so if we can have 16 different teams modeling that so that 16 different countries or players can go back and better the game in their respective countries, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. the game. That is, you know, that is spreading premier football across this world. That is ultimately what we want. Yep. Okay. I haven't got well, that there chance, you go. but hell, that's a good-ass dream to have. Dang it. Hey, I, love you I think it's great. <laughs> Well, they're already coming. They're already coming, and they already yes, came to the world game, so it's not like it's hard. Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. We need to coordinate the effort. That's all. 
Hey, I saw some post a couple months ago. Someone had asked about, like, oh, I, I was on some board or some post or something like that, had asked about, like, you know, camps or if the league was going to put on camps. And OJ had made a response like, hey, you know, that's a few, something something about the future. So what else can you tell us that OJ is going to text you about later? Because this is the show much. to put it on. <laughs> not much, no. Not much. I'm trying to get her in trouble for sure now. Dude, not totally. Much. This is the show. This is the show to not put much. it on. So. Not much. All right. Hey, I had to yeah, ask. Odessa doesn't to listen try. to the show, by the way. Yeah, I had to ask. So. Well, that's cool. I'll uh, turn it back over to Oscar. Good luck to you. Um, and uh, you are you're going to be coaching high school football next year and teaching and then doing for the league. So I hope the league pays your bills to fly around and visit all those places. That's that gets spendy. So we'll make it happen. Anyway, good luck. Thank you, guys. Tony, um, you had you had Liz on there. Uh, we want to give her some props here. First catch in the WNFC, right there to start the game off. Uh, did you see that? Uh, did you get butterflies and buzz and all that stuff? First catch for your girl there. I did. So, so she's holding the phone right now because I, I hoped for her all the time. Yeah. So when that moment happened, I think it was like me catching the ball. It was, I, I, I hope for her. So like, yeah, it was awesomeness. What do you think, Liz? Uh, it, yeah, it was awesome. I I don't take the ball because it wasn't for me, but I catch it. I was like, okay, that's my <laughs> chance. I take it. All right, Liz. I mean, uh, that's amazing. You know, you come over and then all of a sudden there's your break and you're in uh, you're in league history. You're now part of league history, which is really awesome. Yes, I know. It's awesome. Uh, Liz, este, ¿cómo ha estado todo en Atlanta con Tony Furler aquí? <laughs> este, muy bien, la verdad es que me recibió eh, excelente. Me he quedado aquí con ella y, y pues todo mm, ha sido muy ha sido muy asombroso pues poder conocer a toda su familia y, y pues que ella me abría las puertas. Liz, este, la temporada este, se acabó con los dos equipos más potentes de la, de la temporada y en el campeonato, pero ustedes tuvieron sus este, confrontaciones con Texas. So era, era algo difícil también. Es buen equipo. Ellos eh, tienen buena chemistría y, y se supone que algo que van a tener que trabajar en la temporada número dos en Atlanta, ¿no? Sí, este, definitivamente Texas es un un buen equipo eh, con mucha estrategia pero siento que Atlanta tiene mucho potencial tiene mucho talento solamente falta ahí conjuntar todo para poder dar el siguiente paso que sería pues vencer vencernos a nosotras mismas para poder llegar a a vencer a otros equipos Uh, Liz, ¿qué es el plan? ¿A volver a México en esta, en esta, antes de la siguiente temporada o quedarte en los Estados Unidos? o ¿Qué, vas, qué es el plan para ti? Este, Pues ahorita se viene el Nacional en México, entonces yo creo que voy a, a regresar para el Nacional. Y aún quiero regresar, quiero regresar acá, pero aún no es seguro. Estoy checando algunas cosas. 
pero ahorita por lo pronto es volver a México y jugar el Nacional. ¿Alex en el Nacional vas a ser parte de la FAI o que es parte de la FAI, no? ¿Vas a, vas a ser coach o vas sí, a jugar? Sí, del FAI. A jugar. ¿Vas a jugar? Ok. So, es, el, el, es el Monterrey, va a ser el, el torneo abierto del Monterrey, ¿verdad? Sí, va a ser ahí. So, ¿Va a ser en el que qué meses eres? ¿Tienes meses para prepararte ya? Este es el siguiente mes, en agosto, me parece. Eh, no estoy segura las fechas, pero como el 15, algo así. Ok, so vamos, vamos a ir para atrás para jugar uh, con la FAI. ¿Y vas a hacer coaching todavía? ¿Mantener tu coaching allá con el equipo en la FAI o no vas, a, vas a hacer coaching con la se cierta selección de cierta región? Uh, no, por lo pronto seguiré siendo jugadora. Ahorita dejaré un poco de lado el coacheo y, uh -huh. y me enfocaré un poco más a, a la parte de, de ser jugadora. Ok. Alex, ¿tú, tú sabías que Tony Fuller se iba a retirar hoy, ¿no? Sí, sí sabía. <risa> no me mandaste ni mensaje. ¿Qué pasó con eso? <risa> Pues no, ya lo tenía que decir. Eh, no, ya sé, ya sé. <risa> ah, este, 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 este Tony Fuller es, es todo y más, se supone, muy talentosa y va a hacer muchas grandes sí. cosas para la liga y, y los, uh, los jugadores también. Y su visión es grande, pero es algo que se puede tener, atraer este, tra jugadores extranjeros como tú, talento, a, a introducirlos en la liga va a ser bu algo bueno. Sí, la verdad es que Tony tiene, me, me identifico mucho con ella porque tenemos como los mismos sueños, entonces estamos trabajando para que se haga en realidad y pues ella aquí en Estados Unidos y yo allá en México para poder conjuntarlos. All right, Liz, uh, este, mucho gusto que te viniste y siete el tiempo también, te, uh, vas a tener mucha aventura allá en México con el torneo en el segundo mes y nomás a... Uh, uh, a mandarnos este mensajes, a, a, a algo que pase en México para hacer notar y presentar también nosotros. Y este, esperando que la, en la selección la FAI va a ser competir contra el EXFA y va a ser competir contra el UFAN y van a competir con las demás ligas, ¿verdad? Sí, claro que sí. All right, so, a pasarle a Tony para, que, para darle despedido, pero para ti, uh, mucho, uh, mucho éxito para en México también y que te, que te llegues a México esté bien. Muchas gracias. So, Tony, uh, uh, she says you're kind of crazy and she's learned from you and she's taking that back to Mexico. She has a few statements. I, I think they will show up in Mexico, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have inherited a few of hers, too. So. Uh, I don't know, Tony. She's she did really well. I mean, she's very talented. Uh, she's very uh, adamant. She's played on good squads down in Mexico. She's sort of a pioneer as well uh, on the national team in Mexico that competed against you guys as well. So uh, she's done a great a lot of great things too. Yes, she has. She's awesome. So I appreciate I appreciate you breaking the news that you're retiring on my podcast of all podcasts. So I really really appreciate that. Uh, I don't even know if OJ knew that but uh, I guess she does now. 
I think she does now. We we talked about it. She kind of understands what needs to happen. Uh, but always always entertaining to have you on. Uh, I welcome you back anytime, especially now that you're going to be you know representing the league and we can get things out and put it out to an audience. That way, people are up to date and everything else. Um, before I go, Tony, uh, this whole brand nobody thought it would be you know workable. And year one, no forfeits. Uh, pretty outstanding play. The Pacific, the Pacific Conference really showcased what tough, gritty football could be like. Uh, on the Atlantic side, it was more offensive-minded and powerhouse with you know offensive power. Um, are you excited for year two? More of the same in both conferences, you think, or is it going to change a little bit? Um, you know, I, I, I expect uh, the momentum to pick up on our side. I think talent is now wanting just on our side of the earth to play football. I think always in women's football, you're marketing it. I think women are learning of the opportunity to play all the time. So with that, you are going to see some new talent. I think our our rookies over here, our rookies guys, our our new talent in the Atlantic division is so awesome. So absolutely, I'm excited about year two and just the new faces that are going to join us that have just group talent and that we can kind of form and develop. Yes. Tony, uh, how cool was WNFC TV for you? I mean, for us, it was cool because it was like NFL red zone for us. It's never happened in women's football. We have four games going on. You can pick and choose which one you go to and, and all that. That was pretty cool, don't you so, think? You know what? I am so biased right now because the owner of Atlanta Phoenix is like the brain, literally, April, yep. brain, Christmas, of this project. And so when you see those four screens and when you see those things, it's, it's, it's her on the sidelines not even able to enjoy or manage at times the ways that she could be her team because the league is calling her to do that. And I, and I honestly, when you asked me that, I'm glad it came up because that's one, you know, one salute that I must give because that is like her baby. And I, and I listen to her take phone calls. I listen to her fix things on the go with it. I think that's one of a kind in women's football. You're not seeing that. And so for us to have just a, a place where it's all on one platform, no question that it's dependable, you know, uh, and it's only I will tell you, Tony, uh, the moment that came out and the first game that went live on our message boards, you know, on our on my fan page, there was a lot of mm-hmm. people that said that. Wow, this is like red zone. Wow, this is like red. You know what I mean? It's like this was just like yeah. that was the response. And then to have access on a mobile device to up, you know, to watch it on a mobile phone. You know what I mean? It's like it, the streaming, in other words. And to have it, it really just in so many homes yeah, in America, it puts football in so many hands at that point. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it was just eye-opening. I, I think is the word. The word I think was eye-opening that you would never see that. We had never seen that, right? We've always seen individual YouTube channel. You can go here. You can go there. You can you know get the links. But to have it all in one little screen and pick and choose what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, before I go. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to San Diego, San Diego Rebellion, probably the best broadcast team in year one, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely, hands down, they should be the model of what every team in the league is doing. I mean, they are, oh, man, the scoreboard in the corner, the running clock. I mean, it, yep. it's a true model. You are right. Yes, absolutely. I love N- it. Nanji Martin, uh, Kelly Ott, outdid did themselves, and that's something to go follow. Shout-out on that. I love the running clock, Ninji. 
Yeah, she did great. So um, a lot of, you know what, we can only smile right now because there's a lot of things that went really well. Um, and so year one is really exciting. So your contribution for year two, as you're mentioning here, all we can anticipate right now is a lot more good news, hopefully, coming out of that. And year two seems to be like it's going to be a lot more exciting than year one because a lot of the teams kind of know each other now. The coaching staffs are going to up their game, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I think year two will only be fine-tuning and polishing and building on the brand. So, so yeah, you guys look forward to something great, even more great than what you just saw. All right, Tony, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. I know you got a busy schedule and everything else. Congratulations on your uh, coaching opportunity there. And uh, we are going to be looking forward to a lot of stuff that's coming out from you in terms of a player aspect for year two. So uh, looking forward to everything in the offseason and what's going to happen with WNFC year two. Thank you so much, Oscar. You have a great rest of your week. And Holly and Dean, I'll see you guys around. All right. Uh, say hi. Uh, say bye to Liz for me, and uh, safe travels to her as well. Okay. Good day. All right, guys. Uh, that was the talented Tony Fuller and Liz Madrigal, and so both of them played Atlanta Phoenix. Liz going back to Mexico, and you heard it here first. Tony Fuller retired already. Now going to be using her coaching hat off with her professional endeavor and then obviously helping out the WNFC and a player development mentality here. So pretty awesome news there. And we are going to go into the third huddle and that's going to bring us in Mr. Brian Sweeney, who is of the Minnesota Vixen and who's going to be doing the broadcast for the WFA national championship. That's going to happen on July 13th. And that's going to be uh, Boston Renegades taking a Cali war and the St. Louis slam taking on the Detroit Dark Angels. Brian, what's going on? Hey, not too much, Oscar. Are you able to hear me? Oh, yeah. I can hear you clearly. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know how these phone things work half the time. No, so, no we're going to have some uh, great games on Saturday. You know, and in between those two games, I'll actually be lucky enough to do the public address announcing for the All-American game, too. So, I'm kind of looking forward. I've never done three football games in one day before, so it's it's going to be a long day. I've obviously been doing quite a bit of homework leading up to it here and uh, looking at what the Detroit Dark Angels are going to be bringing to the table, what St. Louis is bringing to the table, and then obviously the Division One matchup at 8 p.m. Mountain Time when you have the Renegades versus Cali War. So, um, you know, it's going to be lots of stuff. We've got the same broadcast crew for the Division One game that we had last year. Uh, so with me will be, you know, um, Donna Wilkinson will be back as she was last year. Uh, everyone knows Donna, of course, from Washington. And then, of course, Pat Brown, who used to be with the New York Sharks and now is with the New York, Wol New York Wolves, will be on the sideline as a reporter again this season. And those are two amazing uh, additions to you because uh, a lot of knowledge in women's football and a lot of credibility there. Oh, definitely. I mean, last year when I met Donna and had an opportunity to work with her for the first time, I felt I walked out of that, you know, football game with my head, you know, exploding with the knowledge that she was able to interject in the, into the game and everything. And, of course, you know, this season with the Minnesota Vixen broadcasting not only all their home games but all their away games as well, 
I was fortunate enough to be a part of all those away game broadcasts. And that information alone, I think, is going to give a much better um, viewership experience for everybody tuning in on ESPN3. Brian, uh, let's look at the matchups here, breaking it down. You got Cahill, longtime veteran. You got the uh, British sensation Ruth Mata at running back. Uh, a lot of offensive weapons, but I think the one thing that gets overlooked in Boston is their defense. Their defense is very stout. Yeah, their defense is stout. I mean, they, they did offer up, of all the of all the four teams that are playing on Saturday, you know, they offered up the most points per game at 13 points per game. But even at that, it was still ranked the number three defense in all of Division One football, to whereas Cali War, you know, with only giving up 4.4 points per game, was ranked number one. So whereas Boston's going to come out, I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, you and I talked a little bit earlier this week about, you know, what our personal opinions were. And, you know, and as I've crunched more of the numbers and everything, I, I, I still can't pick a winner. But I definitely, you know, if, if this was Vegas, I'm going to put the over-under for this game at about 75 points easily. I mean, I think oh, yeah, Boston's sure. going to light up the scoreboard. And, and Callie Ward, they're just going to have to answer. I mean, Wiggins is going to have to come in there. You know, she's had 31 touchdowns on the season. She's going to, you know, which is only three touchdowns behind Cahill. So she's just going to have to come in there. She's going to have to match Cahill pass for pass, handoff for handoff, you know, and pass everything Pasquale does. Yarbrough's going to have to do herself, you know, and every catch that Robinson has, you know, Benneke is going to have to do. I mean, they're going to have to go back and forth the whole game. And I think it might come down to a late fourth quarter drive to finally pick a winner for this game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think this will be a clash. Uh, it's very talented on both sides. Both defenses are very good. Uh, I think the advantage for me, because the Renegades play on the Eastern Conference with more competitive competition, I think that would be the only advantage that I would give them if if it comes down to it. Uh, they're battle-tested in that way. Where Cali War, I think once uh, you know the, the, they play a little lower caliber squads, and that kind of supersedes their numbers. But I, in reality, I think both are you know, both quarterbacks are top-notch. Both running backs are really good, and the receivers are really good. So it's really going to boil down to, like, who makes the less mistakes. Right, less less mistakes, and then also who's going to step up for the defense on both teams. You know, I mean, Allie General from the Boston Renegades, 73 tackles on the season, 10 of those for loss. I mean, you know, plus seven sacks on top of that. So you look at that, the top three mm-hmm. – defensive leaders and tackles for Boston are out tackling Cali war by a ratio of two to one. Yeah. And it's, it's huge, huge number, but like I said, it's, it, this team is, this team is on a roll. They've been on a roll since day since week one. And um, I mean, if you bet it against them, you were fool basically. And up to this point, um, <laughs> if you have put money, I'm more than likely I'm going with Boston at this point. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm I haven't quite picked my winner yet. I I still honestly feel it's going to come down to something late in the fourth quarter. I, I agree with you. It's it's going to come down to who makes less mistakes. Um, you know, you look at you look at you got a nine and zero team going against an eight and zero team. You got number one in the Messi ratings going against number three in the ratings. You know, both these teams are are solid teams. They're both definitely you know champion caliber teams. And, you know, you look at the players from Cali War that came over uh, from Los Angeles last year and from San Diego, 
to kind of mold and brand this new team. And I guess the question then becomes is have, have with the addition of the rookies and the players from San Diego and the players from Los Angeles, have they been together long enough or do they just, do they have the communication to pull off the win? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that same mindset because that's going to be the key. Uh, Last year, we all thought that Los Angeles was going to be able to stay neck and neck. And it was a different story at the end when Boston just literally took control in the second half. Yep. And I think that's what it's going to be this year as well. I mean, Boston, you know, they're going to come out, they're going to play their game. They're going to throw the long ball. They're going to hand the ball off to Pasquale. You know, she's going to get a couple more to add on to her 14 touchdowns that she had in the regular season. And then it's going to be, okay, we're going to feel out Cali. We're going to see what they do, where they're putting the ball. And then that defense for Boston is just going to step in and stop them. Yeah. I think that's mostly what's going to come down to. And, but uh, Boston, uh, if they win here, two-time back-to-back champions, they go back to the militia days where they were also very successful. Um, so a really good, a really good organization overall in women's football. Probably top-notch, you know, right, right next to like DC and and uh, other top-notch uh, squads. But they are probably the cream of the crop in terms of the WFA. Right. And you, you, you mentioned the militia. You look at the games that they won back in 2011 by a score of 34 to 19 and 2014 when they won 69 to 34. So, you know, and then last year's 42 to 18 victory, none of, none of their games have ended close, even though most of them started off fairly that way. Mm-hmm. So very competitive. Um, Brian, let's look at this Detroit Dark Angel story. Very good, very good squad all year. Kind of a little hiccup towards there before the playoffs, and then they get uh, to um, you know get that win in overtime against their arch rivals, the Passion, and they arrive here. We talked to Maggie Hutchkins last week, and she knows that this is a huge obstacle uh, in the Slam to overcome, but she's willing and more able to do it. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the Cinderella team of the of the four teams that are playing on Saturday. They're the only team that, that lost during the season, and not only once, but Detroit actually lost twice in the season, once to Pittsburgh, you know, during the regular season, and then, the, you know, at the end of there, the Columbus comments right before the playoffs started. So they definitely recovered from that end-of-season loss and just took – that momentum, whatever that talk was after that game, you know, where they get the players together and they say, okay, now we're going to the playoffs. Now it's a winner go home situation, you know, and then they stepped up and they, they turned around after losing to the Comets 40 to 16, they beat them a week later by a score of 24 to eight. So they totally flipped the tables on them. And then as you've already stated, they go into Pittsburgh where they were, you know, picked to, picked to lose by many people, myself included, and put on probably one of the most exciting games that I've watched. My wife and I literally sat outside by the fire and watched this game end, not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, and, you know, going up against Kozo and Baker and uh, the talented uh, Pittsburgh squad there, you, you would have you given that. We even did, you know, we, we said it's going to be a hurdle. I even mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. I said, this is a statement game for them. If they're going to be able to make a, a statement of any sort, it would be against Pittsburgh because it is a rival for them. And if you, if you can beat Pittsburgh in a playoff setting and overcome that, then uh, you've arrived in some ways you've arrived, but it's kind of a hurdle, right, Brian, you, you beat Pittsburgh arch rival. And then all of a sudden you pull the, you pull the note out of the hat and go, here's the St. <laughs> the St. Louis slam, by the way. 
Yeah, yeah. St. Louis Slam, one of one of only two teams to have won a Division Two championship, and then of course St. Louis is also one of the you know the only Division Two teams that can say they won a Division One championship way back in 2009 when the WFA first started. So you've got St. Louis here. Their their scoring numbers, you know, are all over the board. Third for team overall, fourth in offensive yards per game, sixth in rushing. And then you go over to Detroit, and they're first in yards per game, first in rushing. So, you know, if Detroit can can play their game and hand off the ball and, and get through that St. Louis defense, they, they might stand a chance to at least give us an entertaining game down the stretch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of the optimistic uh, person right now. I really think Detroit really knows that they've they got to be, you know, ready for this. Um, Maggie even said it. This is this is going to be film study to the max. This is where they got to understand containment. Uh, the defense, the St. Louis defense, has been very stout all all year. Um, it's you know Key, uh, Captain Key Smith leading the way, and they got Taylor on the other side. Uh, so it is a challenge. You saw St. Louis, uh, you know, live and center against Minnesota. The first game didn't go that well, but the playoff game was kind of a close matchup as well. So the Vixens did adjust. So it's a matter of whether Detroit adjusts here uh, first time out. Right. You know, luck, luckily for Detroit in this situation, you know, going back to the fact that the Vixen games are all televised, they've got two complete games that are more than just game film mm-hmm. that they, you know, yep. hopefully have spent the last two weeks here watching them over and over again and trying to figure out, okay, where did, where was Minnesota able to get the ball past St. Louis or how did Minnesota uh, stop price when she had the ball or how you know those types of situations there or taylor hay i mean uh, you know an amazing rusher taylor hay with her you know 552 yards i mean that that's a lot of yards on only 83 carries oh yeah um so brian the waiting for the call we're gonna be totally excited espn3 yourself donna wilkinson and uh you said a sideline reporter Pat Brown, yep, from the uh, uh, New York Wolves. So three-way, three-way uh, trifecta there for the national championship. Um, how cool is it? You got Coors Light sponsoring the national championship. When I, that was announced, I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I was when I was scrolling through my feed on Twitter when that one came across, and I almost dropped my phone. That's uh, it was it was an amazing sponsorship. You know, they really really stepping it up there. You know, you've got Prismatic Solutions, which is giving cash prizes this year to the MVPs and the coach of the year, um, which is, you know, something new and exciting for the WFA. Uh, you've got Aiden Nation, you know, now an official sports drink for the WFA. And then all of a sudden Coors Light comes aboard. Uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do going down the road here. You know, is it is this the type of thing where they signed on because we're in Golden and hopefully – they make their way, they have enough representatives at the games between Friday and Saturday that they see something that they like and they say, yeah, we want to continue this partnership into, you know, into 2020, 2021 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get this thing going further down the road. I think it's exciting news, uh, really exciting incentives. Uh, I know uh, Wynn has been working really hard with the uh, people that are putting it together at Mile High to make this an event, a very successful event. So hats off to her and her team out there as well. Um, so the other game, uh, Brian, we're all looking forward to 
uh, Orlando on Friday against Nevada. It is, Nevada, the same story, almost as Detroit, if not more monumental in a way, because they did put up and they held uh, Cali Ward at 12 to 6, even though they lost, but they held them to 12 points. So very impressive in-season win against the D1 team. Now they get to face the uh, Orlando Anarch of the defending champs. Yeah, I mean, really, Nevada is, is, you know, a lot like last year's Arkansas Wildcats, in my opinion. You know, they, they had an opportunity. They definitely took advantage of those opportunities when they were put in front of them. And, you know, now, now they find themselves in the biggest stage. And they've got the, they've got the shortest commute so <laughs> for this game. So, you know, hopefully true. they can get something in there. Um, you know, Orlando, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they're, they're still rolling strong. They've been rolling strong for over two seasons straight here. And, I mean, when you're outscoring your opponents the way Orlando is, you look at their games, you know, you've got a 33 to nothing, a 48 to six, uh, an 81 to nothing over Jacksonville. I mean, that was just, you know, I, I, where I live here in, in St. Paul, we've got a, a college team that was kicked out of their division for scoring on teams like that. So <laughs> you kind of wow. watch yourself there. <laughs> But you know what? I was telling uh, Melinda Sparks, uh, I don't know what's going on out there, but she's probably just like, let's get this win and get out of the field and come back and get some steak. You know what I mean? It's got to entice these, these players <laughs> somehow. They're just kicking butt. And so uh, Nevada Storm, very impressive all season. We're going to see if they can muster up and stay competitive with Orlando. Orlando knows this is what they want, right? This is, the, this is what they work for. This is where they want to be. I don't think they want to lose at this stage. But uh, Nevada could surprise. Yeah, Nevada could surprise. I mean, they they had a number of good wins themselves. You know, I mean, sixty eight yep. points, fifty four points, sixty points. So I mean, they they've got an offense, and when you're averaging forty three and a half points a game, you just you just gotta hope that you're able to get something through the Orlando defense. I mean, Orlando's defense is allowing twelve, so some, something's gonna give here. Whether it's Orlando's defense or Nevada's offense, something's going to give. And they, they could pull it off, I think. They could they could continue their Cinderella story. Yeah. Um, Brian, before we let you go here, uh, WFA announces they will be honoring Katie Sowers and Lori Locus at halftime. So two pioneers of the WFA, um, and now obviously two staple NFL assistant, co- assistant football coaches, which is awesome. Yeah, that'll be that'll be uh, during the halftime of the of the game on ESPN. So um, I'm actually looking at my my ESPN script, so to speak, and um, I'm sure that's going to be something that's going to be talked about on the air as well, especially with Donna in the studio after she entered the Hall of Fame last year. Um, so you know, with with everything going on between Katie Sowers and Lori Locust and the Hall of Fame game and then the national championship game, I mean. It's it's going to be a great weekend in Golden, Colorado. As you've already stated once, Wynn has done an amazing job putting this together. Um, you know, last year down in Atlanta, it was great. I think this is just that next step higher, you know. Just like every team wants to outdo the team that they're playing, I think each year we're going to see this national championship just continue to get better and better. All right, Brian, uh, great call. We're expecting it, uh, and your crew as well. So, uh, ESPN app. If you don't have it, go download it on Google Play and iTunes, and it's going to be ESPN3, uh, July 13th. 
get Boston Renegades against Cali War. Boston looking for their second consecutive championship. And a St. Louis Slam against Detroit. St. Louis coming off that one offseason hiatus, and now they're back and rolling no different than they were before. So the Cinderella story here being Detroit, can they contain and stay toe-to-toe with St. Louis? So it's going to be two great games. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad it's uh it's going to be a great day of football and uh you know, of course it happens to be, you know, slurpy day on Thursday when I land with it being July 11th, 7/11 and also I'm kind yeah, of excited wanted. to get some of those. We don't have those in Minnesota. So that's I think that's the whole reason I tour with all these football teams. It's just so I can get my slurpy fix going, but uh no, <laughs> it's it's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward. I, I wish I would have known. Uh, I wish I would have been able to say hi to Tony when you had her on. Actually, to be honest with you, her, her and I have communicated a number of times just through Facebook, and uh, it would have been great to say hi to her. So next time, I'd like to be able to say hi. <laughs> oh yeah, just let me know when you want to come on. And uh, unfortunately, uh, she's retired. That's what she told us today. So <laughs> won't get to see her play again. But she's going to do an, uh, amazing things with WNFC in terms of a player development. So. Uh, Brian, great call, uh, hopefully on the ESPN3, and it's, uh, we know we're looking forward to the action on the field, uh, Boston, Cali War, and then uh, St. Louis Lamb against Detroit. So looking forward to your call on Saturday. Well, thank you, Oscar. It was great to be on. Thank you. I'll uh, touch base with you later, and uh, great call, and safe travels to uh, Golden, Colorado. Thank you, sir. All right, guys, that was uh, Brian Sweeney, uh, uh, the announcer of the Minnesota Vixen, and obviously he's uh, going to be at the WFA National Championships in Golden, Colorado, and so um, he's going to be participating there. And then uh, we have, in the next huddle, the last huddle here coming up, we have the St. Louis Lamb that we just was talking about here, and that would be the talented Taylor Hay. And she's got a bonus surprise for us, which would be uh, Kay Smith of the Stout St. Louis defense. So, uh, ladies, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just we just finished practice, actually, our last practice before we get on the road. Who's this? This is Taylor. So, I don't know if Key's on yet. We we, we just finished at 930, so she might still be okay. talking defense. <laughs> All righty. So, Taylor, you heard Brian right now talking about you and, uh, you know, talking about your slam and everything else that's going to happen this coming week. So, uh, I know you guys are ready and getting ready. So, uh, looking forward to Saturday, right? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I mean, we look forward to every game, especially, you know, a championship game. I mean, anything can happen. So, and it's obviously in a different setting. Um, it's in Denver, and we've, uh, you know, they, they say altitude plays a role. So, we'll see. And we've never, I, since I've played, I've never seen um, the, the, the a Detroit team. So, um, this is kind of exciting to see, uh, to play another team, you know, because we don't always get that opportunity in regular season play due to, you know, finances, getting places. So, I'm, I'm really excited about it. All right, I'm not going to just break your bubble here, but I talked to Maggie last podcast, and she said she's looking forward to giving you that one loss. Just make sure yeah, you kind of knew that. Yeah, she's looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, I know. We, you, know I, you know, I've seen, you know, we always pay attention to social media and how people, you know, move and everything. So we're, we're excited to play them. So we will see what happens, and we'll discuss the L that she wants to give when we get there. But, um, no, I, I have a lot of respect for Maggie. <laughs> um, 
and uh, you know, I, I, you know, USA camp and doing things like you, you meet a lot of different people. So, you know, I, I always say there are no friends on the field. So like, it doesn't matter who you are is, you know, once the game's over, we can have a cocktail together, but before then everything on the field is, is on the field. So, you know, it'll be a good game. Cause you know, a team like Detroit has obviously you saw what they could do to Pittsburgh, but um, they have a lot of heart and they come, you know, I read an article about a girl on their team that's, uh, surviving cervical cancer and they just they they have a lot that they rally around and um teams like that are teams that you should 100 percent respect you know so um we respect every team we play and we treat every single team like they're on the same caliber as the team before or the team next so you know we, we've been studying we're ready <laughs> well taylor i know you're ready and everybody knows you're ready because you've told us many of the times so um defensively i think that's where we want to see uh, Brian alluded to that here also, that uh, your defense will be on display nationally. And uh, I think I, – I don't know if these girls are excited, but we're excited to see the this uh, slam defense live in Colorado at the national championship. Yeah. So I, I know I'm, yeah. I'm excited. They're ready. They're excited. I mean, I know um, that – you know, obviously stats play a role, and I know some teams report them, some teams don't. Um, our coaches have never big been big on stats. Of course, like you recognize who gets the ball the most when it comes to being a receiver or running back or does a quarterback throw, you know. But film really tells the real truth to everything. So, I mean, like we pay attention to everything, but, um, I mean, even at the end of the day, you could watch as much film as you want, but when you show up, like they could show us something different. So we're, we're trying to prepare for everything we may think that they might give us and everything that we seen in the past I mean just like any other team does you know but defensively um you know we make jokes because um defense and offense we're always like oh you took the whole practice you know what I mean and so like tonight was supposed to be an offensive practice but somehow the last like 45 minutes was defense I'm like hold on how'd we get here so we make jokes you know but like our defense uh, they take a lot of pride in what they do and then we take a lot of pride in them but I mean those goose eggs that, that doesn't come from offense that comes from them so um I mean they're hard. I mean, we practice against them, so it's hard. It's hard to get through. That line is rough. That you know, the, we throwing into someone like Key or Kaylee. I mean, it's just it, it's not it's not always ideal. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, and battle tested is what they are. So at this point, um, Detroit. Did you get to see the game, Taylor? Detroit really put together a fourth quarter there and an overtime win against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's no joke, and and for them to go there and edge them out and get that big win. Uh, Maggie talked about it. Very emotional for them. Big uplifting. And the fact that they're one step closer to going to, you know, Colorado really fueled them as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, we – I think our game was over – um, and we were in the huddle. Our coaches were talking, but one of our uh, teammates that's injured, she was she had the game on her phone, and we were watching it. And um, we watched it until the end, and it was really exciting. And of course, we have that film, so we broke that down again, so you can kind of see what happens. And like you know, like I tell I tell my teammates all the time, like a team that is willing to scrap from twenty one seven and a half and to win thirty four to thirty three, like you can do nothing but respect them. You know, so it doesn't matter. You know if you know, Maggie can throw for 400 yards every game, or if, you know, number five can run this or number eight can run that, it just, it doesn't matter. So like someone who has heart is like really someone to reckon with. So you have to respect that. You can't, you can't take it lightly. And I don't know the mindset of Pittsburgh. I don't have a whole lot of friends that play for Pittsburgh or anything, but um, 
I mean, when you when you look at a, a film like that, it's like, what happened? You know, so, I mean, who wanted it more? And, and the team that makes the least amount of mistakes always wins, and that's just the way football goes, so. All right. I don't think we're going to have Key on, but we can always uh, reschedule and have her on after she wins the trophy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> Very confident, are you? <laughs> that works. <laughs> You know, uh, from a young age, I played soccer from the time I was from four all the way through college, and um, it was just my mom raised me that way. Like, if you step on the field and you don't feel like you're the best player or you don't feel like your team is the best team, like, why are you playing? So I think everyone has – I mean, even Detroit, you have to go into the mindset that your team's better, you have the tools to win. And and I think that's why – like, I've always been very confident in my team because of our coaches always give us the answers to the test. They break down film like people I've never seen before. So it, they give you everything. So there's no reason not to be successful. So, like, we're excited for it for sure. Like, I, I can't wait for it. Like I said, I've never played – we've never played Detroit. So this is fun. This is fun to see another team. It's not like, okay, I've been playing Kansas City for 10 years. So, I, you know, I've seen the same teams for 10 years. And, like, we got to play Tampa two years in a row. So that was cool to play another team. But we're excited. We're excited to play Detroit. All right. So I'm not going to ask you for the prediction of this game because I already kind of figured <laughs> you know what the answer is. <laughs> so let's let's talk about well, you know, uh, yeah. the, other two, the other two games. Um, Boston, Cali War familiar foes here uh new la warriors last year kind of like a misfit team in cali war from you know southern cal uh they played really good ball undefeated and now they take on what is already considered the best team in d1 which is the champs and so that's going to be a pretty good game for that that game on espn3 yeah that's going to be a good game and um i know listen you guys talk about it i mean boston is just i mean it's boston i mean so Cali has, um, like you said, they have a, I don't know if it's you or Brian, but they have a lot of tools, but like you said, everyone came from different places because teams, like, you know, um, they, they folded and then team players went here and there. So can they pull it off? I mean, like I watched their film against Kansas city and they, they, they're, they're good. Um, but you know, are they good enough to knock off Boston? I guess we'll find out. And I, I don't like to say like, you know, any, like, you know, Cali can't pull it off, but um, on paper, I mean, Boston is, is my choice, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the rostering, yeah, you more experience, durability, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be great. Wiggins against Cahill. We haven't seen that. Uh, I yeah. mean, we've seen that a lot What uh, LA Warriors. Uh, this is an opportunity for Chantel to kind of make a, you know, a game of it and see if she can take down, you know, uh, Pasquale and, uh, and Cahill, which is going to be a tough uh, task. And then on the other side, you have Orlando, Hunter, uh, Bethencourt, and, and company out there. They've just been rolling the last, you know, four weeks of the year. And they don't seem to – they seem to be unstoppable, sort of like that team in the Gateway City. Yeah, you know, I have, like, just a soft spot for Orlando. Um, all of the things they went through um, a couple years ago, it's just – they've just – they flourish and like they just never stop and they just I have a, I have a soft spot for them so I mean once again on paper that's my choice um, I think it would be cool for as much as Nevada has done this year like that would be awesome for them to win but um, I'm I'm gonna go with Orlando on that one. All right, so um, it's gonna be a great matchup. Uh, great matchups on either tier. Um, looking forward to it. two Cinderella stories coming out of this year. Nevada versus and Detroit. Um, so really exciting and to see what that's going to compete against. Um, but, you know, 
Uh, Brian said here it's going to be a huge weekend. We got uh, course sponsorship. You also have uh, honoring Katie Sowers and Lori Locus at halftime, two WFA pioneers. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, nobody's going to be at the after party, right? No, right. Everybody's going to be at the yeah. after party. <laughs> I, we just, I just learned about it today. I mean, I mean, I, our coaches are like, we don't even stay in the host hotel. They're just like all focus game after game. We don't care what you guys do, but until then, we, this is what we focus on. So I, we don't even talk about that stuff yet. But yeah, I'm sure everyone will be there. So I think it will be fun. Yeah, everybody will be thirsty, so I'm pretty sure everybody will be at the after party. Yep. Yep, and we've all and we've all been fasting in order to be prepared for this game, so I'm sure we'll be prepared to have a few cocktails. All right, so Taylor, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll kind of reschedule and then maybe talk to Key uh, after the the big win, which we anticipate at this point on your squad. Uh, but uh, say hi yeah. to the D for me, and they're going to be taking on uh, a very excited Detroit Dark Angels team looking to put a one loss at the most important game on the map. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So we'll definitely look forward to talking to you after the game. All right, Taylor. Thanks. Uh, safe ride home, and uh, we'll catch you uh, live on ESPN3. All right. Sounds good. Have a great night. Uh, you too. Bye. Okay, guys, there you go. The talented and uh, Taylor Hay and St. Louis Slam. They are going to be taking care of business. Uh, they're going up against Detroit Dark Angels. Detroit looking for that huge upset. That would be historic for them, taking down Pittsburgh Passion and even taking down St. Louis Slam. That would be a moment uh, in seasons to remember for them. Uh, Nevada against Orlando. Cali War against Boston. So that's the WFA Championship. Get tickets, everything else at WFAProFootball.com. And there will be an after party there. You get details as well. Uh, so it's a huge event. Uh, I want to thank uh, Maritza Jaramillo of the WFL V Queen Saltillo for coming on and talking to us. Also, Tony Fuller and Liz Madrigan of the WNFC Atlanta Phoenix. And then obviously the uh, talented Brian Sweeney, who will do the broadcast this weekend with uh, Donna Wilkinson and Paul Brown. And they're going to do it at ESPN3. You get the app, download it on Google Play and iTunes, and you can get to watch some two amazing championships, the Tier 1 Championship, Boston against Cali War, St. Louis Slam against Detroit, and I believe Facebook Live we are going to have on YouTube via the WFA YouTube channel, uh, from what I'm told, will be the Orlando Anarchy against Nevada on Friday. So we will get the link as well at the Hub. So if you guys want to go to the, the Hub at Facebook.com, check it out. You can also go to Zazzle and help us out. Uh, 25% off today and tonight, and you can do uh, the code Happy Shop Z A Z Happy Shop Z A Z and get your stuff, uh, leggings, t-shirts, and everything else at the Zazzle Shop. Uh, Legends Football League matchup coming up here, Week 12. If you missed it, uh, it's going to come up this week. It's uh, Denver against o- Omaha. Two of our No Joke Football athletes, Kelsey Cristiano, taking on Anna Garza. Uh, battle clashes here of uh, No Joke Football athletes, July 13th and that's going to be in Ralston at Omaha. So we're looking forward to that matchup this weekend. And the recap, uh, YouTube, Week 11, if you missed it, go watch it now. Seattle, Miss, taking on the Austin Acoustic. It was a 36-33 to nail-biter, and the Acoustic and the Seattle missed their first loss of the year. They take number one seed now at 2-0, and they're looking forward to their next matchup as well. 
And so a pretty awesome weekend of football. And this weekend, jam-packed. Don't miss it. Be at the hub at Facebook.com because we got football like you've never seen. Women's football. We got WFA National Championship in Golden, Colorado. You got the USWSFL Championships in Bluff City, Tennessee. The IWFA uh, playoffs over in Texas as well. You also have the All-Star Game that's happening in Mexico, the uh, Lympha uh, All-Star Game, and that's going to be covered by InLocker FBA as well. And uh, just an an array of playoffs, WFL playoffs in uh, Mexico as well, legend-style play there. So a lot of things happening. And if you missed the championship weekend that it was this past weekend, you can go to the Hub and relive it. Relive the LFP uh, Rampage versus the – Rampage versus the Pretty uh, Pretty Monsters, 19-6, courtesy of TVP Deportes. And you can go relive the matchup and excitement of the Karlstad Crusaders in the Sweden League that beat the Orbro Black Knights 14-8. to So check it out there at the Hub. So you guys have been listening to the best podcast on the planet, talking Women's American Football Weekly. And we will be here next week, 282. And we will see the results of the WFA National Championship the USWSFL and all the playoffs and we'll see where they stand and who was the winners and the victors. And we're looking forward to that and the call on ESPN three. So go download the ESPN three app and check it out. Brian Sweeney and company going to do the call there at ESPN three, or you go to WFAProFootball.com for all the details on the WFA uh, championship weekend. So for Oscar Lopez here, Holly Custis, Luis Bean for the absent Mackenzie Brooks and Troy Wilson. We'll catch you here next week as we get the results of the WFA National Championship uh, coming up on episode 281 right here on Block Talk Radio. You can tune in on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Player FM, and as well as on TuneIn. Have a great evening, everybody.